This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Welcome to Toronto Today. I'm Mike DiStefano for the next hour for you. World Cup coverage will resume at 2 p.m. with USA and England. That'll be a real, real good match. Still excited about the Canada-Croatia game that's going to be going down Sunday right here on TSN 1050. Kickoff will be at 10 a.m. And that game has gotten even spicier. I mean, we heard the comments yesterday from, from John Herdman saying they were going to quote-unquote F Croatia, they have not taken that uh, so lightly. They 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 are reacting uh, to those comments. Croatia not too happy, and I don't know if you guys saw this. It's blasted all over online. You can go check it out. But there is a Croatian tabloid that has come out, and they put John Herdman's face on like a naked man. All the goods are covered up in like maple leaves, and uh, says you have the mouth, but do you have the balls as well? So we'll see if the team can. Uh, it's going to be a fiery matchup. I'm excited for that game. Both football games three games yesterday we saw the buffalo bills edge out the lions a little bit of a scare though like the bills bills mafia is now kind of worried about their squad a little bit i think i mean you go into detroit and don't get me wrong i think detroit's actually playing some pretty good football they had won three straight heading into it it's not the same lions team that they were earlier in the season they were one and six they're playing some solid football but to only sneak out with a three-point win and only because Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs connect on a miraculous downfield ball pretty late in the game. 23 seconds left in a tie game. They move the ball down the field and kick a game-winning field goal, which also set up an all-time meme, by the way, uh, of Josh Allen hugging Stephon Diggs. But after that game, Diggs, uh, Diggs was asked, you know, his relationship with the quarterback and with Josh Allen, and uh, th- this is what he had to say. I would say it's not me at all. I got the best quarterback in the league. Anytime we hit a low, it's like his eyes are locked and he's focused. I try to be that support system, you know, be his receiver, get open, catch the ball like he always tell me, and that'll bring some energy, you know, get my guy going. That's my guy, man. When in doubt, I'm riding with 17. I love that the relationship of those two. I absolutely love it. And like the hug they shared at the end of the game really captures the the love that those two have, the brotherhood within that group. And you know, I was listening to the game last night and 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 you know, when that team was down, Josh Allen did not have a good game for Buffalo, which slightly concerning, still having issues with that elbow, which is probably a reason why the Bills last couple of weeks have not been great, particularly on offense. But uh, you know, the sideline reporting coming out was the Bills kind of hanging their heads a little bit, but it was Stephon Diggs who was walking around trying to hype the guy guys on the sideline and it was Stefan Diggs who made the big catch and uh, you know he's just a leader on that football team he's the guy who went up to Josh Allen and said hey let's go let's get this thing there's still time to win this game and they go in and, and they were able to get it done uh, Von Miller did lead that game however he got carted off with a knee injury there is good news though because originally there was some reporting potentially fearing an ACL injury um, turns out it's not the ACL but does still have a, a knee injury and will miss some time out at least a week and then they'll kind of reevaluate it. But the fact that it's not torn is a good sign for the Buffalo Bills. A um, couple other games from last night. You know, the, the Cowboys beat the Giants, but as, uh, as a, a Giants backer in the team Luke's Brothers versus Hayes that we got on overdrive, we took the Giants plus 10. When they went down there, when Mahar missed that kick and they went down the field and they covered the number, 
that mattered for a lot of people, including Team Luke's brothers. That really, really mattered. And honestly, uh, you should have seen the chat. The, the chat was going wild. That group chat between Luke Wilson, O-Dog, Hayes, and I, it was insane. And then another great game to kind of cap it all off with the Vikings and Patriots last night with the Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins kind of puts that primetime spell to the side, goes out there, has a great game, 30 for 37, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Um, it was a real solid game. So a great day of sports, great day of football yesterday, and uh, today another jam-packed day of, of uh, European football, as they call it with the World Cup, and also a Leaf game that's coming up, and Leafs uh, are in Minnesota, they continue their road trip, they were just coming off a gutsy performance against the New Jersey Devils, so we'll see what they can do as an encore against the Wild tonight, and to join us to kind of tee up that game and talk about it a little bit is Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider. CJ, what's up, pal? Not too much, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Like I was saying yesterday, it was just an outstanding couching day from a sports perspective. You could have woke up at 5 a.m. and watched sports from 5 until basically midnight once, that, uh, once the, the Thursday night football game was over. Did you have a chance to indulge yourself in some good sports yesterday? Yeah, I had to work during the day, so I didn't, I didn't go full in on the early football, but uh, certainly caught the, the Cowboys game as a... Loyal oh, yeah. fan of the team, and and you know flipped around. I've been keeping an eye on the World Cup too, so this is a this is a pretty good time. And then of course today we got a bunch of NHL games this afternoon, so can't really complain uh, at all right now. Absolutely, and you know, but before we get into today's game, CJ, you know, you've been covering the Boreas Salming and, and his battle with ALS pretty closely over the last few months, and you know, I was in shock when we got the news of his passing yesterday, just because it was less than two weeks after he was right here in Toronto. We saw him with our very eyes, but you know, thinking back on it, CJ, how special was it that night? The fact that, and I guess it was really a two-night affair, that Leafs Nation really had a chance. Now looking back on it, to give him that kind of king send-off that that he truly deserved. Yeah, I mean, incredibly special. I, I can't think of too many things quite like it, to be honest. And, and let's be honest, that that whole thing is almost just about how you, you might see it scripted in a movie or a show or something, that that would happen. But, you know, as we know, life doesn't always afford us the opportunities to have that. And so, you know, this has obviously been a really difficult few months for the Salming family. Um, can't even really sympathize or imagine, um, you know, what it would be like that, you know, Borea for, for all he knew, was healthy six months ago, and unfortunately today he's, he's dead. Um, but, you know, to, to get a chance to come to Toronto with his four kids, with his wife Pia, to, to have a chance for him, I think, that to show his love once more for Leaf Nation, the way they showed it back to him, um, you know, under the circumstances, I think it's, it's tremendous he got to do that. He also attended uh, a, a big uh, hockey gala in Stockholm last week as well. And so, you know, it, Again, when when you when you get the kind of news he's got, I mean, it's 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 a tough thing. But at least, you know, he, he did get a chance to make the most of his last days. Do you think that the city should should honor him in, in some way? Whether you know, name a a, a local hockey rink after after Boris Salming, or potentially a street named after him? How do you think the city, or should they try and honor him in some way, based on you know what he meant for for this hockey club? You know, I hadn't thought of that, but I, I think there's certainly a case to be made for it. Um, you know, because, you know, one thing that's interesting is he, he moved here to play for the Leafs in 1973. Well, he spent 16 seasons with the team and, and was a frequent visitor ever since. You know, I think he really did consider Toronto a second home. You know, this, this wasn't just a quick stop in, in a long career for, for Borea. And so, you know, I, I think that that would be appropriate. Um, you know, any, any of those sort of recognitions and, 
you know, it's nice that the Leafs have them on their, their Legends Row uh, statue in, in, in Maple Leaf Square. I saw there were some flowers and, and notes and things um, left yeah. there by some fans. But, um, you know, I, I do think something like that would, would, would be appropriate. And, and you know, he, he left a pretty big mark on the city, but it's clear that the city loved him back, too. No, absolutely. And it was, you know, some tough news to get last night and, uh, you know, condolences to, to his family and friends and uh, former teammates who, who, you know, took the news pretty, pretty hard. Uh, in conversation with Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider, leaves in Minnesota today, puck drop, well, within an hour from now, an afternoon game, 2 p.m. start. And, you know, at least coming off a, a, a gutsy win, a character win, I believe, is what Sheldon Keefe called it um, after their, their blue line has been completely depleted. You think they could do it again, though? CJ, like, how do you see this game unfolding here in many this afternoon? Well, certainly they can do it again. You know, it's it's been a, a strange month because, you know, obviously they, they've been without Jake Muzzin most of the season. They've lost Morgan Riley here. TJ Brody's been out, and yet I think it's only one regulation lost all month. So they've been finding a way to kind of piece it together. I think the team game has been been pretty strong. Um, you know, for for the Leafs and. That's that's the funny thing. Sometimes you assume everything's going to go the wrong way when you when you go through a stretch of injuries like this. And with the you know being all at one position, I mean even the fact that they've they've had to play Eric Schalgren, their their third string goaltender as much as they have because of injuries to Samsonov and and Matt Murray, you know they, they've still found their way through. And so, you know Minnesota is a team that that's had some ups and downs this year. Um, you know I think certainly they've taken a step back, uh, a small step back anyway from where they were last season. And so. Yeah, you don't know what to expect with a, a rare afternoon game. The Leafs don't play a lot of those. Their players wouldn't be used to it quite as much. But uh, I don't see any reason why they can't uh, step up and, and get another win here this afternoon. Well, it's interesting, CJ, because last time when we had John Leafs lunch, we spoke about, and it was coming off of a, a Devils game, actually, funny enough, again. But we had spoke about how the team somewhat lacked an identity. And, and you know what I saw the Leafs doing in the Devils game last night I thought that was a pretty good recipe for success. You know, play somewhat of a, a scrappy, underdog, up-tempo, pressure-packed, simple, grinded-out hockey game. I mean, when this team is healthy and when they've got all their guns ablazing, I mean, shouldn't that still somewhat be the mentality? Because that seems to work for this team. Well, yeah, I mean, I think when, especially, look, they don't have to be in full playoff mode yet. We're still a long way from that point in time. But, it, the, you know, the question about the Leafs on some level is, you know, they, they played a 2-1 game in Game 7 against Tampa. Can, can they be on the right side of those kind of games uh, when it really matters? And, and, you know, again, we're not going to know for some time, but I, I do think that if they can develop an identity to get through and, and gut out some wins, I mean, that's, that's typically what happens, you know, when, when things get tighter and, and, and more competitive later on in the year. And so, you know, I do know that the Leafs front office views this, this period. I mean, no one wishes for injuries, but I, I think that they're welcoming – the circumstances because, you know, it, it's going to test the, the depth of the team. It's going to, I think, force, you know, everyone that, that, that is, is, you know, wearing the sweater to, to kind of buckle down here um, because it's, it's pretty clear that they're, they're quite undermanned uh, defensively. And, and, you know, maybe this can, can create some good habits, can get them into a style game that can give them success later on when, you know, let's face it in the playoffs, there's just not a lot of space. There's not a lot of scoring opportunities, usually not a lot of power plays. And so, you got to win those tight games somehow. One of the guys who I think have, have, have started to, to really pick it up of late is is Callie Yarncroft, and uh, he's getting a crack up in the top six today alongside Mitch Marner and John Tavares. What what can he bring to that line? How can he find success there, you think? Well, you know, I, I'm not, not entirely clear to me if, if he will be able to. I mean, what's what's 
good about Yarncroft is I think he is a bit more of a grinding type player, but he but he does have some offensive ability. And and um, you know I don't expect him to be a long term um, you know placeholder on 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 that second line. But I, you know I think in in a pinch he can fill in there. He can he can fill a spot. And and you know truthfully I, I they're still looking for something, aren't they? I mean I feel yeah. like every Friday we have these visits and and there's been more jumbling of the lines. I mean, it's, it's been pretty constant and, and, you know, we're talking about the forward lines where it's, it's not, you know, injury situations that are, that are necessitating it. It's, you know, Sheldon Keith looking for something, um, you know, with, with his lineup. And, and you know, I think that the least all things being equal, you know, would like to have Alex Kerfoot lower in the lineup. He's, he's played a lot in the second line this year has not been productive, you know, has not been producing much offense. And so, you know, someone else gets a chance to fill in for now, but, you know, I, I just have to believe that the longer this goes on, we're going to be talking about perhaps, uh, you know, another move, uh, you know, maybe from, from someone externally to come in and, and fill that spot uh, on the second line because it just doesn't seem like they have the quite the, the right internal options at the moment, especially with, with Nick Robertson not having you know, sort of leapt forward and grabbed grab that kind of role yet might not be you know quite ready for that spot well it's interesting that, that you bring it up because we have seen a lot of lineup juggling and some changes obviously Matthews and Marner have been have been split up we've seen a bunch of guys rotate in on that second line we've seen a lot of rotations between the third and fourth line I mean we're at the quarterway mark of the season CJ do you find that a, like a little concerning at all that there still doesn't seem to be you know a, a formula that Sheldon Keefe has found that he likes or or do you not? Is it not a big deal? I suppose that he's still kind of trying to filter through things and find something here. I'd, I'd be more concerned if they were losing. You know, I think the fact that a lot of these changes are coming at a time when the Leafs have been compiling points, you know, it, it makes it a little less concerning. You know, but but at a certain point, of course, later in the year, I think ideally you'd like that to stabilize a little bit and have have an idea. But you know, the Leafs actually have compiled some some decent depth. You know, yeah. even even on the blue line, I mean, Jordy Ben unfortunately has gone down with an injury, but he, you know, he'd filled in quite nicely for a couple games there once he got the lineup. And, and, you know, they, they have a number of options up front, um, you know, which is part of what's, what's, you know, we've, we've seen this sort of merry-go-round of players so far, but, um, you know, I think when you're in the position the Leafs are, they, they've been a, they've been a good to great team for a couple seasons. Now they're looking for something more. And, and I, I think that that search is still ongoing with the lineup at at this point in time. And, and let's remember that they've, especially with the bottom six players, they, they've, you know, there's, there's a lot of new faces that have sort of come into the mix here. And I think that they're still learning the best way to, to, to fit the puzzle pieces together. You know, I, I don't see that in and of itself a problem when you're, when you're winning games because you're, you know, you're just pushing to be a better version of yourself, but you're still not chasing in the standings. I, I, it would, it would feel more panicky. I think if, if the losses were piling up here and they were they were searching for for answers and then you know really under the gun that way yeah that that that's probably a fair point i mean if this team was you know in, in a skid like they were back a month or so ago, I'm sure there would be much more panic um, when it comes to what's going on with the lineup. But in conversation with Chris Johnson, or TSN Hockey Insider, uh, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I was a little surprised. So the Leafs made a trade bringing in Connor Timmins the other night. And, and he's a guy who's been in the minors right now, but he's, he's been on a conditioning stint. And he's with the team in Minnesota, got in a full practice yesterday, but not playing today. Does that surprise you at all a little bit? Do you expect for him maybe to play tomorrow at least, considering the the pile up of injuries on the blue line? Well, I think the key is they're looking for the the best place for him to succeed, right? I mean, Connor Timmons has had, you know, a rough couple of years, all things considered, you know, dealt with a number of different injury situations, was was a pretty highly, 
touted prospect and, you know, hasn't had a long run of games in the NHL. And, you know, in, in this specific case, I believe it had been three days since he'd, he'd skated uh, before joining the team of practice yesterday. So, you know, I think that they're going to want to ease him in as much as they can. But, you know, given the number of injuries, you know, if it's, if it's not tomorrow's game, I, I would expect we're seeing him early next week because, um, you know, this, this is sort of an ideal set of circumstances if you're in Connor Timmons is, is skates because let's face it, if this was a healthy blue line. I, I don't think that that he'd be you know at this point in time anywhere near the top six. But you know, I, I think he'll he'll get to play games in short order and and there'll be minutes there, especially if he can perform. And so, you know, I think when you're a player that hasn't quite established yourself, you're, you're always looking for that opportunity. It can be tough to come by. I mean, it was even difficult for him in Arizona. He only played two games with the, the Coyotes a season. Mm-hmm. You know, had gone on a conditioning stint with their AHL team prior to this trade, but. You know, he hasn't. He just hasn't played a lot, and so um, with with all the injuries on, on the Leafs blue line, you know, they suffered another one after that deal goes down uh, with Jordy Ben getting injured in, in New Jersey, and so um, you know, there's going to be minutes there. He's a right hand shot, which there's not an abundance of in the organization. You know, even even among the prospects, you know, and, and obviously Timothy Lilligren's the only. I guess him and Justin Hall are the regulars that that, that shoot that way. I think that there'll, there'll be minutes for him, but they just don't want to give him too much too soon. Speaking of the Jordy Ben injury, do you have any more on that? I thought I heard earlier today Darren Dreger was on the morning show with uh, with Carlo and Koliakov or Carlo and, and AK. Apparently, is he got a broken toe and an oblique injury? Yeah, it sounds like there, there's both, and you know I don't have a timeline on it. I mean, it's strange that there's been a, a, a string of oblique injuries that, that yeah. the league players have have dealt with. Right? It was John Tavares, you know, had it in training camp. Um, you know, TJ Brody's been been down with an oblique injury here, and, and now um, Jordy Ben's got that. And, and you know, what I know about that injury, just in general, not specific to Ben's case, is that it can be a range of time for for players to come back. I mean, a lot of it's about comfort on the ice and being able to skate and and, and move around and and you know those types of things. And, and I think that's why when they say TJ Brody's injury hasn't you know gone as quick as they thought, is it's just he's not yet feeling comfortable when he's when he's been out there skating so um you know given the fact that it's two injuries you know it's probably going to be a, a period of time here for ben um you know i don't think it's long long term but give you know this is this is four defensemen now on this team that are that are out of action so i mean you, you take that out of any team's lineup you're you're getting pretty low down the depth chart with what's left behind you know what I, I'm i'm thinking of right now and, and and you know not to be uh, I don't know if, how to exactly to say this not to be insensitive but Matt Murray's injury saved this team so much because remember there was talk of you know the team that they might have to trade away a player and it's okay are they going to move on from Justin Hall they have to move one of these defensemen to create that cap space and, and you know injuries occurred and all of a sudden now Justin Hall's like a top line player because they have all that cap space due to that injury like it's it's wild how a team went from they have so many bodies on the blue line one is expendable to now it's like holy crap they have what three defensemen who are considered like regulars currently in their blue line it's it's insane well and this is why gms don't sleep well at night i think because (laughs) you know you you always have to be planning for these sort of potential doomsday scenarios i think it's why you want to protect your depth i mean we probably didn't spend much time in july and august and september even talking about the fact they signed jordy ben or victor mete but you know the leafs needed a seventh and eighth and ninth guy um you know for this exact scenario i mean Toronto's already used 11 defensemen, different defensemen this season. We're only quarter way through the season. I mean, Connor 
Timmons will be the 12th difference defenseman that's, that's uh, you know, suited up for them this season once he, he gets in his first game with the team. So um, you, you really can't have too many players. The cap makes it difficult to keep them all, and obviously waiver situations and those things factor into it. And, and you're right. I mean, we, we started this year thinking the Leafs were, were going to have to basically carry a 20-man roster uh, because of cap concerns. Uh, they've, they've been in LTIR ever since, and, and you know, quite frankly, Jake Muzzin's situation you know, when the very real possibility he's not going to be able to return this year, they'll probably just spend the whole year in LTIR and might never have a true cap crunch. It's not to say that they have inf- infinite money to spend, but right. they, they, certainly, they have more flexibility now than they would have, and they're actually able to carry a full roster with extra players in that uh, because of all those players on the long-term injured list. You mentioned doomsday scenario. I wouldn't quite put this anywhere near doomsday scenarios here, but we're at the quarter mark of the season, and Austin Matthews still sitting at just three goals at five-on-five, two of which have come via deflections. We've yet to see kind of a patented Austin Matthews-esque goal. Would you say that's a big deal, little deal, or no deal to this point in the year? I'd say little deal. Um, I I don't worry big picture because... You've just seen him over six previous seasons score at a ridiculous rate, and and this is him struggling. And I use air quotes. I mean, <laughs> most most players would love to have nine goals at three twenty one games. You know, like this, this is this is him being off his game. And so I, I don't think it's like sounding the alarms just yet. But you know, it hasn't quite looked right. I think there's been maybe a little bit of bad shooting luck. But look, he, you know, he, he never found his groove with with Mitch Marner and Michael Bunting the way that that line just had so much success last season. I mean, Sheldon Keefe said on the first day of camp, I mean, well, I don't know what the lines are going to look like in camp, but we know that one line will be intact, right? And, well, of course, you know, here we are, and, and this is what happens. But for whatever reason, and I'm not putting it all on Matthew's shoulders alone, I think that, that something hasn't quite been right there. And, you know, maybe he's dealt with some small injury situations as well. You know, we saw him leave the one practice early last week where he took a shot off the foot, and you know, I, I'm sure just the, the wear and tear of the season could factor in. I mean, who knows what it is, but it, you know if this goes on for another twenty stretch of twenty games and he's still scoring way below his his typical rate, then I think we start to elevate it towards bigger deal. But I, I also think he's earned, based on a huge track record of supreme success, you know a little bit of benefit of the doubt here that that you know either this is just you know a bad run of shooting luck or what have you. Because I do know looking at some of the underlying numbers, they do suggest that he's due for a pretty big breakout without necessarily having to change too much. I feel like we've been saying this for like three weeks now, though. Oh, the breakout's coming this weekend. It's coming this weekend. Still haven't seen it yet, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And look, it's (laughs) it's fair game for us to talk about it, too. I mean, and and that's why I'm saying it's not no deal. Like, it's definitely not no deal. But I I just, I don't know that it's a five-alarm fire, let's smash the red red button. Because I actually look back through the Leafs' first 20 games last season, he scored the same amount of goals, and, and we know what he went on to do. So, you know, he, he did get hot kind of from this point on last year. Maybe maybe, maybe history will repeat itself. Uh, in conversation with Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider, I got a really quick, because, you know, American Thanksgiving, that's the, the barometer that we're allowed to ask people whether or not, you know, w- the season starts to get put together in a way. You start to learn more about these guys. So I'm going to rapid fire you a couple of contender or pretender at this point in the year. You ready for it, CJ? Yeah, I love it. All right. The Seattle Kraken, currently second in the Pacific, 8-1-1 in their last 10. Are the Seattle Kraken contenders or pretenders, CJ? I'm going to label them pretenders, uh, and I do it with, with care because I, I – really respect that they, that team really was a non-factor last year. They've clearly taken a 
a big step this season, but I think to call them, you know, a, a playoff team, I mean, look, it's, I guess it's there for them in that division. The Pacific's kind of a strange division, but, you know, I think when we give them another 40 or 50 games, it's just going to be tough to keep playing at this level. The New York Islanders. The underlying oh, numbers have been so bad for the Islanders, but Ilya Sorokin keeps winning them games. I don't know what to think about this team. He does. I'm still going to call them a pretender. I mean, you saw there was a game this week against Edmonton. They had almost 50 shots in the game. I know the Islanders won that game, so it maybe proves the point. But I think I think they're relying too much on that goaltender, and I, I just don't think that's a sustainable way to have the kind of success that they want to have. I, you know, I think that they've they've taken a step back from those back-to-back conference final teams from a couple of years ago. Here's a different spin on this one, CJ. Jason Robertson, contender or pretender for the Hart Trophy? Contender. Yes. I mean, he's done nothing but but put up points since he entered the league. I mean, this is an unreal story. Um, you know, second-round draft pick who's scored over a point per game over whatever, 150 games now to start his career, you know, right up at the top of the scoring list with Connor McDavid. This guy's arrived. He's getting the, the attention and the flowers, and I think he is a contender for the Hart Trophy because he's he's absolutely essential to the Stars' success. Currently sixth on FanDuel, plus 1,300 odds. I think those are pretty good odds, and uh, I might have to go and place a wager myself, to be quite little honest with you. There, a little sprinkle. little sprinkle on Jason Robertson, because you're right. What he's doing right now is, is absolutely amazing, and he's really been doing it over the course of the last couple of years. You look at his like points per 60 rate, and it, it seems like this is pretty sustainable stuff for uh, for Jason Robertson. If, if, if you're not following along what's going on with this season. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, CJ, always appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy your weekend, pal. Will do. And how about this for trivia? The Stars drafted Jake Ottinger, Jason Robertson, and Miro Haskinen at the same draft. So they, wow. they hit three, three pretty big moonshots in, in one weekend to really turn the, their franchise around. Legitimately. And you've got you know the old guys having a bit of a resurgence. They're doing some good stuff out there in Dallas. Good stuff out there. Good stuff uh, from you as well, CJ. Take care, pal. Yeah, see you, pal. All right. There he goes. Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider. Um, Yeah, Jason Robertson's having himself a heck of a year. Heck of a year this season. And and to be plus 1,300 odds on FanDuel for MVP, six best odds, I think that there's some value there. Just saying. Just saying. That might come up in the next segment as well. We're going to do our Friday five-pack, and it's five persons of interest heading into the weekend. There's a bunch of them, but I've narrowed it down to five. I'm Mike DiStefano, um, uh, Al's brother. You're listening to Toronto Today, which is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Our Friday five-pack coming up next. Now, back to Toronto Today. Lighten up, it's Friday. Friday. Is it Friday already? CGIF. One, two, three, four, five. You're listening to The Leafs Lunch, Friday 5 in 5. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. For your chance to win a $100 Vanilla Visa prepaid card, text the keyword LUNCH and your name to 1050 standard text message rates apply. Uh, it's Toronto Today. We got the 
U.S. and England game coming up in just uh, about a half hour or so. World Cup coverage will continue. Um, but for now, we are going to get to our Friday five-pack. And we've got five persons of interest heading into the weekend for today. So we got five guys. I've got a couple of honorable mentions as well that I am definitely excited about uh, this upcoming weekend. But one of the guys who I'm really stoked about is Odell Beckham Jr. I'm curious what this guy's going to be up to. He's been in the in the media now for, well, really all season, actually. It seems like any time a couple of teams play each other, it seems to be labeled as the Odell Bowl for teams who may potentially get Odell. When it was the Bills and, and, uh, and, and the Chiefs played each other, they called it the Odell Bowl. When it was the Bills and Rams, the Odell Bowl. And then yesterday, you had the Cowboys and Giants, and they called it the Odell Bowl. So, I mean, Odell Beckham, if, if, if you forget, currently on the sidelines with an injury towards ACL last year in the playoffs and um, in the championship game, rather, and he hasn't been able to play all season. Is expected to be able to come back and play sometime in December. And he's starting to do the rounds, he's starting to do the meetings. He uh, met with the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, and we actually, Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott was talking about uh, how much he would like Odell to join the Cowboys earlier this week. He knows how much I've, I've won him here, and a lot of these guys in this locker room I've seen have reached out on their own in and, and different ways to make sure that he understands that this is a team that he can help, and we want him to come help. So we'll see if he can end up with the Cowboys. I think that they, they could use him. To me, I think Dallas is actually probably the best spot for him. A, because he's a big personality, and that would fit in Big D. I think they would love to get him. Jerry Jones would would pay him whatever the heck he wants to come there. But also, with Amari Cooper gone... Like, that offense kind of needs one more big weapon. Michael Gallup has not been the guy who I think they expected to take that leap. And they need someone alongside CeeDee Lamb to really put themselves in that Super Bowl contender status. They have the defense to get it done. They've got the running game to get it done. If they could just get another weapon like Odell, a guy who's won a title before, knows what it takes, and can make outstanding catches, I really think that uh, that would put the Cowboys in contender status. So that's one team that he he met with yesterday. He's meeting with the Buffalo Bills today, and a lot of the same thing, right? The Bills, they got went healthy, at least. Health has not been on their side the last couple of days. But, you know, health-wise, if they can get healthy, I think the Bills would be another good spot. Give Josh Allen another weapon outside of Stephon Diggs to try and get some points on the board. I know he's spoken with the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Giants as well. So the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes are uh, are alive and well. So that's one guy who I'll be keeping an eye on throughout the weekend. Another guy, how about Alfonso Davies? You got Canada-Croatia coming up this weekend, Sunday, 10 a.m. here on TSN 1050. And Canada needs a result against Croatia. They got to after losing uh, the other day to Belgium and then seeing... Croatia end up getting a draw. I think that Canada needs a result to try and stay alive so they can try and make it out of the group stage. And now there is some serious heat between these two teams, right? You had the comments from John Herdman. Now you have the tabloid coming out um, in uh, in Croatia. And, you know, the, these teams are starting to get a little chippy right now. So do we have that audio from, from Alistair Johnson? Okay, why don't we play this from uh, Team Canada member Alistair Johnson on the response, the tabloid, and how he kind of likes this build-up that's happening over the course of the last couple days. 
you know, we don't mind if it gets built up a little bit in the media. You know, there's a little bit of, you know, tabloid fever. It's, I think it's a little bit of fun. It gets a little more, you know, just excitement around the matchup from, you know, not just from Canada and Croatia, but from other countries as well. You know, it kind of puts a, just puts up a bit of extra interest into the match. So I think that's kind of exciting for us. Look, we know it's a massive game. This is a team that finished runners-up in the last World Cup. It's an unbelievably talented group. Um, they don't need any extra motivation. Um, so I bet they were looking at it like, okay, you know, who is this? Who is this team that, you know, we probably never heard of until a couple months ago, coming in here and and you know talking a big game, but. We believe in ourselves. We believe that we can back it up, um, and you know it's, it's all going to come down to at the end of the day. No matter what's said, uh, no matter what pictures are uh, posted in tabloids, um, it's all going to come down to what happens in those ninety minutes on the field. Absolutely, it's all going to come down to those ninety minutes on the pitch. And if Canada plays the same way they play Belgium with that type of pressure, uh, I think they could come away with a result. I think they could come away with a win, three points. And the guy who's going to have to really step up and get it done is going to be Alfonso Davies. So that's why he's on my list here. Uh, really quickly, Jason Robertson. I talked to him a little bit with Chris Johnson in the previous segment here, but this guy's on a thirteen-game heater right now, and he's got a back-to-back this week and a couple of games to try and extend that point streak. Um, Currently, he's one game behind Mitch Marner in terms of longest point streaks this season. Marner currently on a 14-gamer, Robertson a 13-gamer. But just look at what the guy's doing this year. Second in the NHL with 31 points. He's tied with Carter McDavid in goal scoring for 16 goals on the year, but number one at 5-on-5 with 10 goals, uh, 2.13 goals per 60. It's absolutely insane. Uh, And his fan duel odds currently at plus 1,300, sixth best. And I personally think he is my frontrunner for the MVP. So that's a wager I'm sprinkling on a little bit, but he's someone that I'll be watching to see if he can continue to tear it up in the National Hockey League. Luka Doncic comes in as our number four player to watch, taking on the Raptors tomorrow night here in Toronto. You can listen to it on TSN 1050. It's a 5 o'clock start. But Luka's like that that marquee player in the NBA right now. He's the front runner in the MVP odds, plus 270 over at FanDuel. He's just such a fun player to watch. He's averaging 34 points this year and typically plays well against the Toronto Raptors. Um, so th- he's a guy who you're always going to want to watch him play. So when he's in Toronto, if you got tickets to the game tomorrow, you're going to be in for a treat because Luca's always, always putting on a show. And number five, Callie Yarncrock is an interesting name who I am looking forward to watching. Puck drop in about 20 minutes here for the Leafs. It'll be on TSN 4. But he's getting a chance up in the top six alongside Mitch Marner and John Tavares. You know, I, I saw a little bit of offense from him in the preseason, and I'm curious to see what he can do in the top six. Dregs and I kind of spoke about it briefly on Tuesday when he joined us. And, I, you know, I, I think that this is a player who has definitely earned it. Um, I know Sheldon Keefe did touch on it as well, the reason for the promotion. Um, just Sheldon Keefe. Maybe, maybe we don't have that clip, actually. I don't know if we have time to play that clip. Sheldon Keefe talking about uh, Kyle Yarncroft. Maybe we can play it after uh, after the break here. But a couple honorable mentions that I also had. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Judge. I, I think those are a couple of guys. And Connor Timmons. If he can get into the game tomorrow, that's another player who I have some interest in. Uh, share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Here's your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Text the keyword today to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or McCafe creme brulee little donut at select McDonald's locations. Uh, Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy coming up next. Now, back to Toronto Today. 
Do not talk to me about an announcer's jinx. Michael Badgley has not missed a kick all year. Field goal or PAT? Well, then I won't don't say. Even talk about it. 29 yards. About it. Here's Badgley's kick. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> no. No. Lion fans, I apologize. Oh, that is the ultimate jinx. The ultimate jinx. And I know how Badgley feels because it just happened to me. Steph got my ear. Producer Steph got my ear as I was rolling. It's like, oh, I brought your A game today. And then we throw to a clip that I forgot to put in the. That's on me. I nanced you. And you nanced me. I, Jim, nanced you, AB. In right during that segment, you were just you were feeling it today. Like you are feel you could be on I, air for four more hours I probably and could. <laughs> and like just you're feeling it, you're in the groove. I was like, you are on your A game. Not three minutes after that. Throw to a clip that's a not there. Clip that is not there. Oh man. I I take that. I take that. I nanced you. you I'm nanced sorry. Me. That clip would have been there if you didn't yeah. say that. It would have yeah. been there. That's okay, how next the time works. I will say you've been a hot tub of garbage. All right. That's usually more accurate yeah, anyway. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over two hundred thousand customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Leafs and Wild up in about fifteen minutes or so. Puck drop. You can watch it over on TSN four. Um, it's interesting. Afternoon games. You never know what you're going to get out of these. But I feel like for Toronto, think back to those next-gen games that they played against you know, Carolina over the years. Whenever they get a weekday, week, uh, weekday afternoon game, they seem to be very high-scoring, if I recall. So I look at the number. It's been bet down a little bit. Six goals tonight. I kind of like the over. I kind of like it over six goals. I think that, uh, you know, both sides struggling a little bit. Maybe we see some offense out of these guys. One guy in particular I like to score a goal, Austin Matthews. Anytime goal paying plus 114. He has seven goals in eight games against Minnesota. And it was that goal against Minnesota last year where he stripped the puck in the neutral zone, went in and scored, where I sat there and said, this is the league MVP. So I believe he does another one tonight, gets a goal there. And then Marner, over two and a half shots, paying 116, uh, plus 116. Hasn't done it in a couple of games, but for someone who's done it in four of the last seven, that's just too good a value to pass up. So those are my bets for tonight. All right, does it for us here today. World Cup coverage continues on the TSN radio network. England versus USA next. It'll be Nick McVicker and Paul Dolan with the coverage.